0: This episode is a very cool, full-circle moment for me, as I'm joined by Kelvin Newman. Long-term listeners of this podcast will know that name because Kelvin used to host this podcast. And my first ever appearance on a podcast was with Kelvin when he was the host. These days, Kelvin runs Rough Agenda a specialist marketing events company based here in the UK. Rough Agenda are well known for hosting the world's biggest search marketing conference, Brighton SEO. And the world's biggest search marketing conference is about to get even bigger. Kelvin and his team are headed to San Diego on the 9th and 10th of November 2023 for the very first Brighton SEO US event. If you don't have tickets, you'd love to make it to the very first Brighton SEO US event and you can be in San Diego for the 9th or 10th of November 2023, listen up. For listeners of this podcast, Kelvin is giving away five tickets for each day of Brighton SEO US. To be in with a chance of winning, email Kelvin at Kelvin at com with the subject line podcast competition and note the day that you want to attend in the email. The competition will close on the 26th of October 2023 with winners being selected at random and contacted shortly afterwards. In the episode Kelvin shares a little about the Brighton SEO journey so far, the decision making that has gone into launching the first Brighton SEO US event, he shares his insights on the differences between launching an event in the US and the UK and we get a little bit of a preview about what to expect from Brighton SEO US. Enjoy the episode. This is Internet Marketing. So listeners of this podcast might be familiar with this voice. This is Kelvin Newman. And Kelvin, just earlier today, I was trying to find out when you were first involved in this podcast. Do you happen to know that off the top of your head? A while ago, yeah
1: yeah yeah certainly in the kind of yeah the podcast when it just was itunes yeah i think it was before you could get podcasts on spotify and stuff like that so that probably dates it in terms of a a period of time but yeah certainly i want to say pre-2060
0: probably sounds about right the first episodes of this podcast were published under your name so i assume you had some involvement with it even if you weren't hosting
1: yeah well no i mean so it's a slightly strange one so i think that probably was a foible of the you know rss and republishing stuff right. so yeah there's daniel rolls who many people might know yeah. um from podcasting he really was the 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 you know him and andy started it off and then over a period of time i started to guess then daniel moved on and did his bits, and i hosted it for a period of time with andy and then andy did it on on his own and, and yeah then of course you took over so yeah it's all that kind of yeah the um, small
0: world of um, um this podcast i suppose taking it full circle for you and for me because you might not know this but my first ever podcast appearance was with you when you were hosting. I can't remember the year. I think it was probably around twenty fifteen. I, I actually can't remember. I think we released a podcast about guest posting back then, which was. Uh, it sounds about right. Yeah, so <laughs>
1: 2015 of, of, of its post- period. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend anyone goes back and um, you know listens too closely to the previous ones. They'll either be very dated in terms of yeah the stuff we were referencing and just yeah
0: generally being a bit cringe as well. I'm sure. Uh, these days, you're the founder of Rough Agenda. Um, do you want to describe in your own words a little bit about what Rough Agenda is, who you are?
1: Yeah, so Rough Agenda is an events business. Um we do a number of events, but fundamentally Rough Agenda is the business that organises Brighton SEO. So Brighton SEO, um we got about thirteen years now. Um so yeah, a you can tell an SEO named because it yeah, it's you know started out as an SEO event in Brighton. So we, you know, we gave the name precisely what it was, which always works well. And yeah, it started out as yeah, half a dozen people meeting in an upstairs room with a pub in a pub called The Quadrant uh, near the Clock Tower in Brighton. And um, that very first event there was room for probably about 15, 20 people and 30 people showed up. So next time around, we moved to another space that would hold 100 and then 120 people showed up. And yeah, it just kind of went through this process of, yeah, like growing the event. So now it's, Um, twice a year in Brighton, about 3,000 people attend each time. So every six months, and they're coming from all over the world. So I think last time round, we had more than 50 different, you know, people who travel from more than 50 different countries to to make it to the event. And yeah, it's just kind of become this, um, started out and still has, you know, some of that similar kind of community gathering, you know, lighthearted kind of feel that you get from starting in a pub. But obviously, with the scale, scope, and reach of being, yeah, the
0: biggest search marketing event in the world. And it feels to me like it's become a week-long celebration of marketing. So at one point, Brighton SEO, I, I can't remember, Brighton SEO used to be once a year, and now it's twice a year. The conference itself is across two days, and then you have your fringe events that you host during the week as well. Yeah, it's
1: kind of one of these things that, yeah, for people who are making that trip, you know, the the multiple days is... Yeah, big thing for it so yeah it used to be like a single day of training and a single day of conference um and then after covid we added an extra conference because we wanted to you know in the kind of environment of you know we you know uh, quite how busy and hectic it was pre-covid um so that allowed us and gave us the nudge to go to two days and yeah we're, we're playing about a bit with the format now in terms of um for the uk event but certainly there's a kind of yeah we want the people who are making that trip to feel that it's a worthwhile one to do so and you know, historically, the main day was a Friday, so it's often um, people come down and stay for the weekend and enjoy the Saturday in Bryant as well. So they get a bit of like a, you know, work trip and personal trip out of it. Which fringe events do you host now? So there's a number of different things. Um, so they cover like connected areas. So um, there's the, the biggest two um, are MeasureFest. So that's Web Analytics and Conversion Rate Optimization. Although m- probably a little bit more analytics and CRO, it does touch on that, but it's kind of more of that like, um, measurement and reporting sort of side of things. And then, um, one that's called the search and social advertising show. So that's covering paid search, pay per click, um, paid social, a little bit of kind of programmatic, but mostly in that kind of like, the the areas that are kind of pay-per-click rather than cpm or any of that type of stuff and yeah we also do the online pr show and e-commerce um marketing show as well but yeah kind of playing around a bit in terms of like it's a really interesting sort of concept really because um there's you know increasingly like it's quite nice you your programming an event to like treat things as little silos where it's kind of self-contained and it's um you know just one individual topic but the reality is that most people who are working in um in digital are kind of either they've got roles where they're touching on lots of different sort of disciplines or sort of areas of expertise um or indeed even if they're a specialist they're interested in those areas and it's kind of often quite when people are attending events i often recommend people go to the talks and sessions that are sort of not their core job so it's sort of the connecting areas the things that they're kind of interested in because often that'll be the areas where they learn the newest stuff or were able to take the most away You you know, if you're like a specialist technical SEO who lives and breathes that and does it all day, every day, it's probably quite tricky for you to learn a lot more in technical SEO. But you might take quite a lot more from go to a content strategy session or, you know, or a web analytics session. So, yeah, it's, you know, like we're trying to find that right balance between having a proposition that makes sense for people when they've got to buy a ticket or um, sponsor the event but also kind of ensuring that people get the most variety and diversity of like knowledge from attending the event
0: Mm. and one of the reasons i mentioned the fringe events leads on to brighton uh, seo us and that's because i imagine at one point uh, and you get uh, to be a little bit embarrassed here but brighton seo is hugely successful no matter the measure you know the number of people the topics the speakers as we just said there, it's now a biannual, nearly a week long celebration of marketing. And having been in Brighton, I've lived in Brighton for fifteen years, you know, you cannot get any bigger. <laughs> so at some point you must have been thinking, Well, what do I do here? How do I scale? And I assume there would have been some consideration to the fringe events and then some consideration to location. So,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You know, how did the US come on the radar?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of um, serendipity to a certain extent, really. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, certainly, you know, there's an angle of how we can grow things in Brighton, and that's certainly still part of the plan, and that will be in terms of, yeah, duration, but also going multi-venue. So, you know, we're quite inspired by things like, you know, South by Southwest or Cairns Lions or, you know, even, you know, like – you know, hay festival and stuff like that. So um yeah, like there's certainly scope for us to go multi-venue. And and to be honest, like there you get the political conferences, so the political parties in the UK um yeah. host in Brighton occasionally as well. And they'll take the Brighton Centre where we are and the Hilton and the, the Metropole and all these kind of different um close by um buildings. So that's still kind of there and it's definitely kind of in the the longer term thinking. But yeah, we were yeah the the US sort of came about by a number of different connecting things. So for a long time we've had people traveling over from the States. Um and, you know, they say, you know, lots of our sponsors are from there, lots of attendees are from there, lots of speakers travel over from there. In fact, I think actually that by country for the UK event we get more people speech pitching to speak um from the US than we do the UK. So that kind of gives you a sense of kind of the the appeal for speakers and for a long time they're saying well we love we're like we love making the trip but it's mad that you're not doing something in the states so for a long time we'd had that kind of you should be doing this from our speakers and you know also from our sponsors um but it's, a, it's it always felt like a big leap um but yeah and then like when covid happened obviously that's changed the ecosystem and the calendar of events so there's a number of event series that used to run in the states now don't so hero Conf, um, which was a PPC event uh, doesn't run anymore. Search Love, which was a SEO event, doesn't run anymore. Um, SMX, which was the big series, um, predominantly is online now. I think they well they do they do some European stuff in person. I think there might be plans in the states to come back in person as well at some point in time. But at the moment they're all online only, and that 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 works quite well for them for a variety of reasons. I think um, so. Yeah, kind of like this opportunity was like okay, a lot of the events that used to run there aren't running anymore, so that creates an opportunity. And yeah, a great hire as well. So we were able to hire Lindsay, um, Lindsay Jones, who used to run Hero Comp um, and, you know, ran Search Love from day zero. So she, you know, we were able to employ her. So it was kind of, again, this like opportunity, um, the right people, the right, it felt like the right time. Um, and yeah, wanted to give it a go, really. So it was then a case of finding a city that felt like frightened.
0: and yeah, San Diego became the one that we decided for for the launch. I didn't know that about some of the conferences in the U S be- that were maybe struggling or have now gone or disappeared. Yeah, you know, I've had some guests on this podcast that have said to me, Oh, we've seen Brighton SEOs coming to the U S. Isn't that a really competitive market? And I was like, I don't know. Is it? I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know. There's, there's lots of great events. There's lots of good regional ones there, but yeah,
1: we felt there was a bit of an opportunity. And, and in fairness, mostly the events in the States historically have been like conferences. So, um, so that like, so it's kind of a weird events thing to get into, but like, Usually, there's well, it's like three main types of business event that you, or there's a, a several, but there's three that like are worth sort of discussing here. So, you get a conference. So, a conference will be often hundreds of attendees. Um, and it makes its money from delegate sales, so by selling tickets. Um, and often there'll be one track, maybe two tracks, they're sort of smaller scale. Um, and they make their money from people paying for a ticket to be there. Um, and that's predominantly what there's been in the states. And in the past, some of them got quite big, but they were that was kind of their model. They had a little bit of like, trade show and exhibition on there on top um then you also get your trade shows so in the uk there's quite a few of these like b2b marketing um e-commerce expo and all of these kind of things where they don't make money from tickets they make it from sponsors and exhibit exhibitors so they're like often um like my i don't know I have t- 10, attendees but people tend to nip in and out and they're only there for a short period of time they're not paying to be there um they aren't quite so common in the states in seo but you know could could work but we kind of we're like in the middle so we're like a convex as they call it so we're making money from some of the you know we give away lots of free tickets um but lots of people are paying to be there because they're getting like additional days or training or kind of access once the tickets of the free tickets have been allocated and we're also making money from sponsors so yeah it it so in the states there's never really been that kind of um yeah a convex one and increasingly the events that have run in the last or like 10 years or so have been um frequently kind of like i don't know 500 attendees single track and a thousand dollars to attend um so we've kind of come in and done it in a slightly different way with cheaper tickets and you know ultimately an aspiration
0: to have you know a much larger scale event than those those smaller conferences and i don't know anything about san diego so what was it about san diego that attracted you
1: well yeah it's 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 you know it's a city on the coast um you know which again it's like on the water you can see the the Bay Area from our hotel, some amazing views out there. It's kind of a sunny, relaxed kind of creative city. And yeah, it felt like it was quite good there. And it's an interesting city as well because it's very well set up for events. Uh, okay. So um obviously like we're our first events in a hotel, the Grand Hyatt. So confusingly, it's um, this is mostly confusing for people in the UK outside the US. It's, it's outside the UK it isn't, but it's um Brighton SEO, so obviously that's the name of a city. Um, and we're hosting at the Manchester Grand Hyatt. So Manchester is a city in the UK, but it's in San Diego. So it's kind of got like three different locations in the name of where we're hosting it. But yeah, it's that's like right on the water there. Um, and it's right near the convention center where Comic Con is held. So there's like five or six really great hotels, really great event spaces, really great places to go for lunch, bars and all that kind of thing. Um, and it's quite near this um gas lamp quarter which is sort of like um i suppose the soho or um the north lane of uh, brighton or kind of yeah the northern quarter in manchester and yes yeah, so it's right you know really well set up for that so yeah it was it's it felt like a good place and there's quite a substantial um you know tech community there as well you know as there is in many places in california so it felt quite good for that reason have you spent time over there then yeah, so uh, obviously Lindsay, who's kind of leading on the event, she's hosted events in San Diego before, so she knows it very, very well. And I, I've been out and spent a week or so there in the run up to, to you know preparing for the event. And yeah, it's you know definitely a kind of place where you know I can I can see why people uh, move
0: and stay there. It's it's lovely. So this journey so far, one thing that you didn't talk about as you were going through that is any kind of validation. So uh, the hire makes sense. The kind of looking for a different location makes sense did you validate the idea in any way or did you just have that naturally by, you said there, demand for people that were coming to the UK and you just took that as, okay, people are interested in coming to the UK. We're pretty confident we can make it out there. Or did you look at any other kind of metrics or data?
1: Yeah, I mean, so like, obviously we're, we're asking the question, you kind of like in any kind of like business decision, you can do your qualitative and quantitative research. And we definitely like a third more on the qualitative rather than quantitative kind of process. But yeah, we were looking at, you know during covid and after covid where our online event attendees were coming from um uh, so that kind of again validated the you know the the scope that's there and of course it's a huge market as well so yeah it kind of you know with any of these kind of things it's a leap of faith to some extent but you know we've been really kind of um you know flat by the support that we've had already for the event and that you know the sponsors who have signed up to support the event the speakers who have put themselves forward to speak at the event and everyone who's bought a ticket so far so yeah you know it's a it's a learning curve and it's a new thing but for us it's all yeah it's you know touch wood it's you know it's a month to the event now you never know quite how it'll go but yeah the you know the the running to that has been yeah pr- pretty um you know pretty rewarding and yeah kind
0: of validated the 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 excitement and confidence we had in the idea. The learning curve part i'm interested in that and kind of what have been the differences between organizing this event for the us in comparison to the uk what comes top of mind as i say that what's been the most difficult part yeah i mean it's,
1: it's inevitably it's a, like the business model of how event spaces is quite different in the or like the, the you know the venues that we've dealt with are quite different so like in the uk you know we host the event in a um a big sort of well it's not big it's like a small arena i suppose is the best way of yeah. putting the brighton center and yeah the deal with the brighton center is they tell you the dates that are available and they tell you how much it's going to cost to hire the space and you know if it's available you hire it and that's the flat fee whereas in the states it's far more there's a bit more kind of complexity of what's going on in terms of well if you sell this amount of room nights in the hotel and all that kind of thing so that's been a bit of a like adjustment in terms of business model behind the scenes um but you know it's you know not mega unusual and some events in the uk do kind of operate on those sort of um frameworks but yeah it's also just like there's really interesting stuff around like um like the scale of, of the us as a country really so brighton we're really fortunate that you know there's quite a lot of um the uk's main population centers you can get to brighton in you know a small amount of time so you know it's quite easy to do a single day trip um to Brian or a single overnight. Whereas yeah, like it's a little bit more involved if you're coming from, you know, like New York to San Diego and plenty of people are making that trip. But yeah, there's been a bit of kind of um the some of the patterns and ratios of how different types of tickets have sold have been have been different from how it does in the UK. But that, that's inevitable, right, isn't it? It's a you know slightly different marketplace and people are gonna have different um demands and expectations and it's you know in any kind of international expansion for any business um you can't expect it to, you know, be exactly how it was in your your, your original market. It's that kind of, um, you know, there's variances there. But then equally, hopefully the core of your product, in our case, the event is kind of got some appeal to that international audience.
0: Mm. The logistics part is interesting to me. Is that something that Lindsay takes care of? or Because I imagine that would be one of the most difficult parts of organizing things out there. You've got all these different speakers and attendees coming from lots of different locations in the US and uh, I imagine from other countries as well. So uh, who's managing that part?
1: Yeah so it's like yeah Lindsay's obviously got the experience there as well and a lot of the team have like been working with us on the UK event involved so like Dre and Joe um, and Tom you know who are kind of like a big part of the UK team that heavily involved in this as well and obviously <laughs> we've relied more on the UK team to be leading on the UK stuff while we've been kind of concentrating on that so yeah there's it's a huge collaborative effort and you know in in bringing any kind of event together and like we're really fortunate that yeah, I've got a great team, obviously, but also we're quite used to being distributed, remote, um, flexible and like independent. So, you know, that that's always been how we've operated and that has stood us in good stead for kind of trying new things out because it's like we've got, yeah, I've got a, a very well qualified, intelligent team
0: and I can kind of rely on them to, um, you know, take responsibility and make things happen. And I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here, so feel free to tell me if you don't want to answer. But I assume this is very much you're testing the water for the US market. And if everything goes well, your plan would be to go back. Yeah, yes, certainly. Yeah, so it's very much kind of the the expectation is that,
1: um, yeah, it's not all signed and sealed, but, you know, we should be back in um, San Diego at a very similar point in time, you know, next year. Um, And yeah, longer term, the kind of plan is and hope is that we can do the event in um the West Coast in San Diego, well our plan is to stay in San Diego there. It might change, but at the moment that's very much the plan and then get somewhere that's potentially a little bit more suitable for the East Coast, whether that'll be like directly on the East Coast or somewhere that's just like Chicago, which like technically isn't the East Coast but is um a bit more suitable for people on the East Coast to get to than California is
0: yeah, and just um I'm interested in the topics and a little bit about the sponsorships as well, so maybe just starting with topics. are the topics going to be? Similar to what uh, is discussed in the UK, have you noticed any difference between, I guess, what people are interested in in the US market versus the UK at the moment? Um, I mean, there's a, there's a few differences in as much as, like,
1: for example, I think our like local SEO is significantly or local search yeah. is, you know, a much more serious undertaking in the states than it is in in the UK uh, and Europe. I think, yeah. Uh, but yeah, mostly, I mean, of the of our speaking lineup, I reckon probably. 60% have spoken at a Brighton SEO before. Um, so like they're, you know, in the UK. So they're kind of familiar with us from that side of things. And yeah, I don't think there's too many where it would be that I couldn't program it in the UK, if that makes sense. I don't think there's many there. Where I'd kind of go, Oh, we, we couldn't do it for, th- for that reason. There are some differences. So, you know, like, albeit we do the, you know, like I say, we do the paid search fringe in the UK. We've got far more straightforward paid search in the program to launch this than, um than we would do in a brightness day without the fringe that's kind of part of it there as well and yeah that we've got new speakers who wouldn't have been able to make the trip so but certainly i don't think um it would be it's not like it's a different area so you know if you were an attendee who would you know come to the uk event and take some value from that i would imagine you'd um, hopefully have a very similar kind of experience from the, the u.s event as well
0: Mm. And a quick plug for the headline sponsors, and I'm, I'm curious, this is both a question and a quick plug. So feel free to give them a quick plug. But yeah. um, is there any difference between what you've experienced in demand for sponsorship in the US and versus the UK? Like the I mean, company? Yeah,
1: we're, we're very fortunate
0: that like a lot of the people who are kind of
1: sponsoring the event are people who we've had some kind of relationship with before. Yeah. So um, not all of them, but yeah, certainly kind of, um, you know, like Wix Studio, who are one of our headline sponsors. We're very fortunate to work with them in the uk and in uh, and in the us so they were a huge supporter of ours and you know when we announced what we were doing they were kind of you know we've been really lucky that a lot of our sponsors have kind of come to us for it so you know we're hugely appreciative of that but also this is kind of yeah like journey further or kind of another headline sponsor of ours and interestingly there's quite a few like agencies who've got involved in the event in the states who kind of have come from the uk and are you know, at various stages of launch, launching in the States, whether that's they've been there five years and they've got a team of 25 people out there or if they're a smaller agency that started out, you know, starting out again in the States. And yes, yeah, so that's been an interesting sort of like cohort of sponsors that we've got there as well, as well as kind of local SEO um, agencies and the technology companies who, you know, are very keen to
0: bring together people who work in search. And you personally, is there are there any talks or any speakers that you're particularly excited to hear from?
1: Well, so we've got two sort of keynote sessions um, and they're both quite exciting. So one is that it's a slightly different format. So it's like we're heavily inspired by um, some other events that have done this, but like we've got a give it up session as it's kind of titled, which is at the close of the first day where we invite all of the speakers who are about at that point in time um, to get up on stage and give like a really short actionable tip. Um, and that could be like a, like a recommendation for a book, a new tool they've just discovered, or, you know, an insight that they've just recently obtained. Uh, so I quite like that because that's like very practical. Yeah. And so you get this real kind of like punchy list of things that you can do or respond to straight away. And I think that's good because sometimes, you know, even when we're programming the events, it can be, um, often they can be a bit more theoretical. So anything that we can do to make it like practical that's something that immediately goes on someone's to-do list that will go down really well, I think. So I'm really excited about that session. But we've also got a keynote on the Friday, which is um, Danny Sullivan um, from Google. Um, so he's going to be talking a bit about what they're up to at the moment. And I imagine there's going to be some stuff around, um, you know, SGE, so search generative experiences. Um, and he's also going to be taking questions, some pre-prepared questions from the audience as well. So that'll be really exciting. So we've had sessions a bit like that in the UK with John Mueller, but obviously Danny Sullivan is, you know, very much a kind of... Um, yeah, like right at the core of what, um, you know, Google are up to and how they're talking about it externally. So I'm quite excited to hear how he's framing and presenting um, the the changes that Google are currently going through and hopefully give us a pretty good insight into what they've got planned for the next 12 to 18 months
0: as well. And did you just say there that there'll be um, pre-selected questions from the audience on the day or something like that? I'm just thinking of yeah, what I was going to thing yeah, we've got a form
1: up, actually. So I can, yeah, oh, across yeah. To drop in the show notes if people can quickly yeah. kind of respond to that. But yeah, there's kind of an opportunity there to kind of ask these questions. So we'll do a bit of pre sift beforehand to ensure there's not too many, like, um, so my cat's websites, you know, like tr- trying to keep them buried and uh, interested in and on topic there. But yeah, it'll give us that opportunity for people to ask those questions that, um, that they think, um, yeah, would be, you know, would be interesting
0: to get answers on and you are one for shooting t-shirts into the crowd and other weird and wonderful geeky surprises and gadgets. Is there anything that you can reveal about what you're taking yeah, out? You have it, like I'm that? really disappointed, right? Because I thought, cause the t- like a long-running joke thing we have at
1: Brian S.E.A. Yeah, is that I will shoot t-shirts out of a t-shirt cannon um, and with varying degrees of success. And often it goes quite yeah. like badly like badly wrong as in terms of doesn't shoot very far not <laughs> in terms of major injuries. Um, so I was quite excited about going to the States because I thought like, well, You know, I'm going to be able to like really go for this, but unfortunately, the nature of our venue is because it's a hotel venue, and they still got quite high ceilings. But like when the the subject was broached in terms of, um, you know, can I do the t shirt cannon? They kind of looked at me in horror in terms of, well, why would you do that in this low ceiling? So we've got kind of we've got a plan B there that should work on there that I think will go down quite well. And we're currently trying to work out, um, if our mascot suit we've ordered a fresh mascot suit, so we've got the seagull, um, and that's currently somewhere on a boat on its way to America. So we're not sure if that's definitely going to be there or if I'm going to have to take it as ha- take the UK one as hand luggage um, on the plane, um, on that side of things, where I'll have to wear the outfit in order to get it on the plane. So, yeah, that that, that should be around as well. And yeah, we've got, you know, a VW camper van, which we used to do in the UK. We're bringing one here into the venue as well. So lots of, yeah, it, it's kind of interesting because it's a first event and like there's lots of things that we do in the UK that only really work because... Um, you know, of how established the event is and the space that we were able to kind of expand into, that we haven't been able to do all of those things that, you know, we'd like to in order to do that. But it's about trying to get enough there that we can sort of establish this cultural feel of what the event is about that hopefully will set us in good stead for the coming years when we'll be able to do even more of the things that we do in the UK. And actually things like... I think we'll be able to do things that we've always wanted to do in the UK but not been able to do in terms of um, scope and scale out there that like, you know, if we get it right, I'm very excited about what's going to be possible.
0: Am I right in saying that the only way to experience Brighton SEO US is there in person because for the UK, people have got familiar with the live stream on the day and also the video content afterwards. Yeah, so yeah,
1: like in the UK now, so we, we tried to do a few different things over the years. So we've had like live streams and then we've had like a live event where we've recorded them in person and then broadcast them afterwards. We now just do a video bundle in the UK where you can just download the videos, uh, which has worked really well, actually, I think. And like I'm surprised how successful that's been. Yeah, but for the US this time around, um, for practical reasons and kind of like, you know, minimum viable product sort of reasons, we've gone, no, we want it all to be just the kind of, yeah, the in-person event there. And yeah, maybe down the line, we'll, we'll look into the opportunities of, video producing it because it's, it's great content afterwards and it does work well for people who can't travel for whatever reason uh, but yeah this first time around we wanted it to be kind of like yeah let's keep it simple so it's a yeah it's three tracks um two of them of talks so two tracks of talks
0: and one of panel discussions which we're quite excited about it as well and so it's the as we're recording this it's the 17th of october this, will, this episode will be released on the 19th what's the status of tickets as we record this
1: yeah so uh, yeah there's still still some available there in fact i was hoping to do a competition if people are interested in in attending that sort of thing so yeah the the tickets inevitably in these kind of like um you know price on easy jet style airline style where it's like you know the nearer it gets the more expensive it does in order to encourage people to go a bit sooner so yeah it's you know it's doing doing well on that front but there's still you know we still make room and we've got you know um meticulous planning and scoping and scaling to make sure that we make everybody fit
0: in. But yeah, it's it's, it's coming around soon, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get a, a good turnout. So you mentioned competition there. If people want to try and win tickets, what do they have to do?
1: Yeah, so I'm keeping it relatively simple, really. So it's over, like I say, it's over two days. So we've got the 9th of November and the tenth of November. Um, so I'm going to give away yeah, like five tickets to each day. Um, so five for the first day, um, five for the Friday. Um, and yeah, keep it dead simple. Um, I will keep my emails open for um, a week after the podcast is, um, you know, published. And yeah, let me if you drop me an email at Kelvin, so that's K E L V I N at brightonseo.com um, with the day you want to attend in the subject line. Put like podcast competition, um, and I will compile them
0: all and then divvy out five, um, five for the first day and five for the Friday that is amazing um links to everything will be in the show notes the website if people want to look at more is us.brightonseo.com. is that correct <laughs> yeah. great yeah, any anything else that you want to share where people can find you or find out more information yeah i
1: mean yeah well i'm
0: i'm on the various um websites at the moment i'm still kind of heavily addicted to twitter so
1: i'm on <laughs> there um kelvin newman um at twitter and yeah doing more and more on linkedin so yeah if anyone has listened to the show and wants to get in contact yeah it's kelvin newman on linkedin as well drop me a line there and
0: i'll I'll happily connect or you can spot kelvin in a seagull costume flying (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, yeah. (laughs) having a having a book extra leg room to get my (laughs) mask if you see a seagull on a plane hassle him for a ticket kelvin thanks so much for your time it's great to have you back on and take the conversation full circle with you and uh, this has been the internet marketing podcast take care